You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in on a Thursday edition of the podcast. A lot to get to like usual. We're going to talk about BYU basketball as they get ready to face off against San Diego State. What are the Cougars going up against when they face off against the Aztecs tomorrow afternoon? We'll examine that contest. We'll also talk about some of the guys in the return missionary class for BYU. It's recruiting season. We all get that. But guys coming home off missions often get overlooked and forgotten about, it feels like, by BYU fans. I wanted to highlight some of the guys I am most excited for to see and BYU uniforms coming home from their two-year mission service. So a lot to get to on a Thursday, like I said, and we'll break into it right now. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for December 17th, 2020. What's up, everybody? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for taking some time to join us on your daily podcast focused on all things BYU sports. A reminder for you guys, if you haven't done so already, hit that follow or subscribe button wherever you're listening in from. That way you never miss an episode and make sure to join us each and every day. All right, kicking off today's show, let's talk some BYU football and recruiting. Hey, we did that yesterday. We did the day before. But of course, it is the early signing period and there's a lot going on but I wanted to talk a little bit and it's actually based off a question that was posed to me yesterday I was on the big show on the Zone Sports Network with Jake Scott and Gordon Monson and the question was asked to me Jake what are the return missionaries coming back to BYU what do they look like who are you excited for and I'm not going to lie I didn't have a good answer. Uh, probably bad radio in that regard, and I felt bad that I didn't have a solid answer for that. But last night, I sat down and pulled up as many of the guys that had left on missions over two years ago from that recruiting class, so the 2018 class, in some cases the 2017, but by and large the 2018 class, to try and get a read on who is coming back from missions and is expected to enroll at BYU this coming year in advance of the 2021 season. And I have to say, there were names that popped up that I frankly forgot about. I think many of you probably forgot about, but nonetheless, our players I am very excited to see in BYU uniform. First guy I wanted to talk about today, we'll highlight some of them here. First guy is Chase Roberts, a former wide receiver at American Fork High School just up the road from BYU. I saw Chase Roberts play multiple times during his high school days, and he looked like a man amongst boys. He's rated as a mid-three-star prospect by 24-7 sports. He's got great size at the wide receiver position, six foot four, 185 pounds. At least that's what he was before his mission. I'm guessing he probably packed on some weight as his body matured while in the mission field. But I'll tell you what, Chase Roberts, if he is anything close, if he's even improved over what he was at American Fork, BYU's got another great great wide receiver on their hands. We're talking Dax Milne, Gunnar Romney, that type of a receiver. I am extremely high on Chase Roberts. I'm looking forward to seeing him finally get back into the swing of things. I believe he gets home from his mission early next year, and of course that'll probably make it so he will enroll during the summer and get ready for the team during their summer workouts player run practices that type of stuff pending us actually getting back to I guess quote-unquote normal life in college football but nonetheless Chase Roberts a guy that I'm excited to see in a BYU uniform because I just saw 
everything in his game at American Fork that screamed to me, this is guy is a high-level contributor for BYU whenever he gets on the field there. Another name I wanted to talk about was Cade Albright. Uh, Cade signed uh, with BYU out of San Juan Hills High School in San Juan Capistrano, California. And I have to say, I forgot about Cade. He was one of the guys I mentioned in the open that I had completely forgotten about. I am very high on John Henry Daly and Logan Fano, the two uh, pass rushers that signed with BYU in the early signing period. Both of them, based on what I understand, are set to go on missions for the the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but a guy like Kate Albright coming home from the mission could be a fantastic option for BYU's pass rush because he was an elite pass rusher at his high school down there in San Juan Hills in Southern California. Great size, six foot five, two hundred and ten pounds. We're talking in the same vein of what we talked about with Logan Fano and John Henry Daly, a long, lean pass rusher who was uber productive at the high school level. And Cade played in some of the toughest competition down there in Southern California. So I am very excited to see him finally suit up. If Tyler Batty's able to get back to hundred percent next year, and a guy like Cade Albright, if he hits the ground running, well, you could have a nice tandem, one-two tandem at pass rusher for BYU on that defense. Defense. I know for years now, it seems like BYU fans, we have clamored uh, for pass rush specialists in BYU's defense. Well, Tyler Batty showed some things early on this season before his ankle and recurring ankle injuries have knocked him out for the majority of the latter half of the season. He gets back to 100%. You get a guy like Kate Albright in there and pending his body uh, adapting to college football after a mission, he could be a fantastic option for BYU in the in their pass rush next year, as soon as next year, I guess is what I'm trying to say. All right, on to some other names here as we talk about guys coming home. Uh, the biggest name I think is a no-brainer is Dallin Holker. The tight end from Lehigh, Utah, was a fantastic player as a freshman for BYU before deciding to embark on a mission. He comes back, and it looks like now the future of the tight end position for BYU is about as bright as it might have ever been. Isaac Rex is on his way to freshman All-American honors. There's no doubt about it. You will see him as a freshman All-American. Carter Weed has showed some things at points during this year. Also, we've seen Lane Lunt. Uh, some of the other tight ends have really been good players during their time on the field. I'm telling you what, Dallin Holker, he is the next level. I thought that Dallin Holker was going to be what Isaac Rex is, if that makes sense. Dallin Holker has every skill you want in a tight end. Six foot five. He weighed in about 220, it felt like, when he was at BYU as a freshman. And he actually returned home for a time amidst the COVID-19 pandemic and was working out the entire time he was home with Jordan Pendleton down there in Lehigh. So this is a young man who has taken care of his body, it appears, during his mission days. And I would expect he probably hits the ground running once he re-enrolls at BYU. And I'm extremely excited to see him suit up for the Cougars. One other guy, actually, we'll, get, we'll talk about two more here. We got time for two more. Uh, two more guys I wanted to talk about, one of which is Campbell Barrington. That last name probably sounds familiar because he's the younger brother of Clark Barrington, who's in BYU starting left guard when he's been healthy this year. Campbell projects more as an offensive tackle for BYU with 
with a six foot six frame. Uh, Campbell had shoulder surgery upon returning home from his mission to Mexico. So he's been rehabbing that while sitting out this season, but he's expected to enroll here in a couple of weeks when winter semester begins. And Campbell's future at offensive line is higher than Clark Barrington, and Clark's already on a pretty high uh, trajectory in terms of his career. There were people who thought Campbell was the better athlete and the better overall prospect offensive line-wise than Clark was. So if you have a guy who's a starting caliber offensive lineman on one of the best offensive lines in 20 years for BYU and Clark Barrington, think about how good potentially a guy like Campbell Barrington could be. So here's hoping that his shoulder heals up quickly and he's able to get back onto the field quickly. And then finally, Oliver Nasilai from Springdale, Arkansas. Nasilai, any of you who watched his film from high school saw a guy who absolutely obliterated opponents. He loves contact. He loves playing linebacker. He's a downhill player. Uh, listed at six foot, 245 pounds, about as stout a linebacker as you're going to see in the high school game. And he brought the heat. He brought the pain when he played. I'm looking forward to seeing how uh, Nasi Lai adapts to playing at the collegiate level, but there's no doubt this young man has talent, and I'm looking forward to finally seeing him in a BYU uniform. It's been a long time coming for a number of these guys we've talked about, but I'll tell you what, I haven't even touched on, I think, on half of the guys returning from missions and expected to enroll for BYU over the next year or so in advance of the 2021 season, but there's a lot of talent returning, and I'm very excited. I think the future for BYU football, you should be very excited because there's a lot of talent, might be underrated, and some of them might be gems that are are a little bit rough that need to be polished, those diamonds in the rough, I guess. But I really, really like the future for BYU, especially with this return missionary class. And that's kind of the funny thing about BYU recruiting is, yes, you have a number of incoming true freshmen from the high school ranks. A number of the guys who sign will be going on missions, but they don't account, speaking of the national rankings, for the returned missionaries. That's something that you have to take with BYU being ranked in the lower half of FBS programs. Think about how the missionaries, if they were to factor in, how it would affect BYU's recruiting. And that's kind of how I see it. I don't necessarily subscribe wholeheartedly to recruiting rankings. I get the top 10 programs set you up for a national championship. I get the math correlates with that. But and I'm speaking specifically about BYU. You don't factor in return missionaries while well, you're missing half the picture, it feels like. So nonetheless, very excited to see all these guys suiting up for BYU, wishing them good health. Hopefully they can get their feet back underneath them, shake off that mission rust, and hit the ground running as they join Kalani Satake's program. All right, coming up here in just a minute, we will switch gears, talk some BYU basketball. Mark Pope's program headed to sunny San Diego to take on the San Diego State Aztecs a monster showdown. BYU really could add a huge win for them on the road if they can beat the Aztecs down there at Vieja Serena. We'll preview that game here in just a moment and later on in today's show, we'll catch up on some of the other news involving BYU athletes and sports as well. Before we do that though, a reminder for you guys, make sure to leave us a rating and review, especially if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts. Our audience has grown by leaps and bounds this season. There's no doubt about it. The 9-0 start to the football season was absolutely huge huge for us, but we need your guys' continued support. Share this with your family and friends. Leave us a rating and review, especially on Apple Podcasts. Every little bit you guys can do to help add listeners to our 
our platform here, well, it means it gives me more resources to do more with my platform. So your guys' support is much appreciated, especially this time of year. A lot of us kind of think back on what we're thankful for. I know Thanksgiving's past, but still this time of year with Christmas, etc. there's a lot to be thankful for. And I'm thankful for all of you who listen to this podcast every day. I can't do it without you guys. You guys are the ones that keep me going and doing this five and six days a week. It's an absolutely, uh, it's a labor of love, I guess is the best way to put it. But I really enjoy your guys' interactions, you guys' support, and I can't thank you enough for that. And please help us out. Share this with your family and friends, leave us ratings and reviews, and really help us continue to build this audience going into 2021. All right, folks, let's talk some BYU basketball. The Cougars are on the road tomorrow as they take on BYU. A 3 o'clock Mountain Time tip-off on CBS Sports Network, so a mid-afternoon game down there in Viejas Arena. Hopefully you guys can take some time off work. Of course, it's the weekend before Christmas, so might as well. But nonetheless, a big opportunity for BYU on the road in this game. They're going to face off against the Aztecs, who are ranked number 18 in the country, and for good reason. San Diego State is 5-0 on the season. They have wins over number 22 UCLA, number 23 Arizona State. They've also beaten the likes like Pepperdine and UC Irvine. So there's a lot of talent that they have faced off against and they're undefeated to this point. BYU is going to have their work cut out for them to be frank. Straight up with you guys. This is a tough game for BYU because what Brian Dutcher has done down there at San Diego State is really just carry on a rich legacy left for him when he took over that program, and he's done nothing to slow down the juggernaut that is San Diego State. Of course, many of you will harken back to the glory days of the Mountain West when BYU and San Diego State squared off annually, particularly the Jimmer Fredette versus Kawhi Leonard rivalry that developed there when Jimmer Mania was taking over, but San Diego State had Kawhi Leonard to their credit, and he was absolutely marvelous in the in the college game before going on to be a world champion in the NBA but I just look at this and it's going to be tough for BYU to go down to Viejas and just waltz in there and expect to win. You just cannot do that. I really like Jordan Shockle, their guard. He's leading the team in minutes and points, averaging 28.2 minutes a game and 15.2 points. He is a guy BYU struggled with a year ago in the loss at home there at the Marriott Center. They're going to have to try and bottle him up. The biggest thing about San Diego State, by the way, is Shockle, he leads the team with 28 minutes. There's a lot of minutes distributed across this roster, speaking of San Diego State. They are really that deep, and their evidence of two top 25 wins to this point points to the fact that, you know what, they are that deep because they're playing against some of the best in the country, and they're still distributing those minutes. BYU is going to have to dig deep into their bench, I think, in this game and hope that all of the guys that have played this year can really stand out. A guy I would like to see reemerge and get back onto the core in a bigger dose is Gideon George. I thought he was absolutely phenomenal early on this season, but it feels like the last couple of games, his minutes have been curtailed. I know guys like Spencer Johnson have kind of come on and taken some of those minutes away from Gideon, but I'm telling you what, a guy like Jordan Shockle, Matt Mitchell, their second leading scorer, those are guys I think Gideon George could have success guarding, you would hope at least. Uh, Nathan Mensah, their forward who leads them in rebounding, he's averaging nine points and eight rebounds. He's going to make life tough on the interior for Colby Lee, Richard Harward, as well as Matt Harms, but I think BYU's big advantage in this game 
are those three players in particular. The interior game here. BYU needs to do what they did against uh, Utah and really just control the game from the interior. If you can score buckets at the bucket, I know that's kind of a weird use of the two terms, but if you can get points at the bucket, get them. If you can shoot threes at a high clip, great. But if you can rely on getting two points every time down the court, it feels like, that is an absolute advantage for BYU in this game. They should take advantage of it. They should absolutely try and hammer San Diego State on the interior. Is it going to be easy? Not a chance. San Diego State is well coached. They got a lot of talent on this roster, and they are absolutely going to go after BYU. They are going to believe, you know what? They can't hang with us, speaking of the Cougars. They think that they have the size to combat what BYU has got. Nathan Mensa, 6'10", 230 pounds. Matt Mitchell, like I said, 6'6", 235, but he really is an effective player both on the interior and as well as on the perimeter. I just think that San Diego State's probably looking at BYU's roster thinking, you know what? We locked them up a year ago. We are able to get that win at the Marriott Center. There's no reason for us to believe that they're going to come here to Viejas Arena and beat us. Not having the show there, the student section, going nuts and saying perverse and crude and vulgar things to BYU players probably is a help to BYU's chances in this game, if I'm being frank about it. Uh, The show was quite upset. Their Twitter feed had some, wow, rather eye-opening language on Twitter uh, last week during the San Diego State football game, but you can guarantee they'll be going after BYU on social media, but it's different when it's in person versus being a keyboard warrior out there talking about it. So I just look at this as a huge opportunity for BYU going into this basketball game. You're not favored to win. Let's be clear about that. Everybody, the prognosticators, the odds makers, they all think that San Diego State is going to take this game, but But if BYU is able to knock off a top 20 team, we've talked about this over the past couple of weeks with some of these big matchups BYU has faced recently, you can really put a one of those resume building wins in your pocket. And this is, there's no, there's no more bigger win outside of upsetting Gonzaga. And that's a different story. They're the number one team in the country for a reason. You can put no other win in your back pocket. That's bigger than beating a team like San Diego state when they're ranked in the top 20 on their home court. If BYU goes there and wins that game, you got to tip your tap, tip your cap, excuse me, to Mark Pope and his squad. They will have absolutely earn this one because it is a tough tough place to play uh jordan shockle six foot six 200 pound guard he is going to be tough cover for byu they are going to have to really dig deep and have to shoot i think extremely well this is a game where byu if you want to win this game you've got to shoot close to 50 percent from the field anywhere close to 40 percent from the three-point arc if not beyond that and you also have to win the rebounding battle BYU has to play, I think, their best game, the best game they can possibly muster if they want to win this contest. And even then, it may not be enough. But I'm looking forward to seeing these two teams square off. Longtime rivals, some fun games between the two of them, and BYU trying to get a big-time win on the road. We're looking forward to that. Like I said, 3 o'clock Mountain Time on the CBS Sports Network if you want to take it in tomorrow afternoon. I know I'm talking about that today because tomorrow, by the way, we're giving you a tease real quick. We're going to get to some other BYU news here in a moment. But tease ahead to tomorrow. Jim McMahon. Yes, 
the one, the only, number nine himself, the legend, the Chicago Bears Super Bowl champion. He joins me on tomorrow's podcast, had an exclusive one-on-one conversation with the man, the myth, the legend, to talk about Zach Wilson, his time at BYU, and something you may call the Miracle Bowl that the 40th anniversary is coming up on Saturday. Yeah, we talked about all of that. That'll be on tomorrow's edition of Locked On Cougars, so stay tuned for that. All right, coming up here in just a second, we'll catch up on everything else going on in BYU Sports News. Uh, One thing real quick, though, if you'd like to advertise, you have questions anytime for this podcast, we can help you guys out. Email us, lockedonbyu at gmail.com. We have fantastic rates. We can help you guys really build your brand, your company, and get it in front of thousands. I mean that sincerely, thousands of BYU fans every day. All you got to do is reach out and ask how to do it. Email us, lockedonbyu at gmail.com. We'll get you in touch with our sales team and get you on the road to advertising success with us here on Locked On Cougars and the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, as we close out things here on a Thursday edition of the show, let's run down some of the news and notes you need to know about BYU sports we haven't touched on quite yet this week. It's been a busy week already, and I wanted to run down everything I need to catch up on. First things first, we just talked BYU basketball. A big congratulations to Caleb Lohner. He he was named West Coast Conference Freshman of the Week this week for his efforts in BYU's win over Utah on Saturday, uh, averaging five points a game and eight rebounds in their two games last week against Boise State and Utah. He had eight points and a career-high 10 boards to pace BYU in that department in the win over the Utes. So congratulations to Caleb Lohner. I don't think that'll be the last time he is being honored this season and on into the future of his career. On the BYU women's gymnastics front, let's run down real quick. BYU has been ranked number 17 by the Women's Collegiate Gymnastics Association. They put that out yesterday on their 2021 preseason poll. The Cougars were ranked number 23 in the 2020 preseason poll, so they jumped six spots going into 2021. Congratulations to Guard Young and the rest of his program. Looking forward to seeing how BYU does the rest of the season. Uh, The schedules have all been screwy this year for many sports, and women's gymnastics is just that. We'll have more updates for you as their season gets a little bit closer. Final few notes here. Go to the BYU football program, and by by record they're number 17 in the country thanks to the latest college football playoff rankings and don't get me started on the hypocrisy from the college football playoff committee but nonetheless BYU 10 and 1 on the season BYU wide receiver Dax Milne is named as one of the 10 semifinalists for the 2020 Burlesworth Trophy which is given annually to the most outstanding player who began his career as a walk-on Milne now has 1,118 yards and 8 touchdowns on the season he's averaging over 100 yards per game game. It's just absolutely phenomenal what he is doing. He's got to be one of the guys I think is a favorite for this award and hoping that he gets that call that awards him that award. Also, Jeff Grimes is named as a semifinalist for the 2020 Broyles Award, which honors college football's top assistant coach. Uh, they had over 60 coaches, I believe, in the original pool. There are 15 semifinalists that have been named and Jeff Grimes, BYU's offensive coordinator, is among those. He's done a great job with BYU's offense. There is no doubt about that. He's been a marvelous addition to BYU's coaching staff, especially after the issues they had in 2017. In his three years at BYU, he's really revitalized things, and he's got a first-round talent at quarterback, which has absolutely helped. But you know what? Good coaches have great players. And Jeff Grimes, he's a good coach with great players. So congratulations to him on that. And then finally, the award that goes to the big hog mollies up front, BYU 
Syracuse offensive line has been named to the Joe Moore Award semifinalist list. They're one of 11 groups of offensive linemen that recognizes the nation's most outstanding offensive line. I love this award. Offensive linemen toil and anonymity. I never played football beyond the high school level, but I played on the line. I was an offensive and defensive lineman in high school, and I know what it's like to have your teammates get all of the glory. And any of my high school teammates who are talking that played skill positions know exactly what I'm talking about. And any of you, I guess, period, who played the quote-unquote skill positions know what I'm talking about. This unit, speaking of BYU's offensive line, has been absolute nails all year long. It's been phenomenal to see them do their work. I believe there are upwards of five or six offensive linemen in this unit right now who have NFL futures, and I think four of them could come as soon as this coming NFL draft. We'll have to see how everything shakes out, but here's hoping that all these semifinalists turn into finalists and ultimately some of these guys winning awards, speaking of Coach Grimes, as well as Dax Milne and BYU's offensive line. So there you go, running running down everything else you need to know about BYU sports as we wrap things up here on a Thursday. All right, that's going to do it. A big thank you once again for joining us. Follow the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Check out Locked On Cougars. My personal Twitter feed, if you want to follow me there, is Jacob C. Hatch. And as always, feel free to email us, lockedonbyu at gmail.com. That is the email address. Have a great rest of your day whenever you hear this. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for December 17th, 2020. Jim McMahon joins us tomorrow. See you then.